Welcome to 1001 Good Nights, a podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Follow along with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they explore the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Hey, Ben. Hey, Nick. Uh, this is a, sort of a, a parenting podcast, but a lot of the uh, main characters in children's books seem to be suspiciously uh, absent. The parents are sort of suspiciously absent <laughs> and the kids are unsupervised. So I thought um, I would uh, talk that through with you because sometimes... As a kid, that it seemed free, but as an as a, a grown up reading these stories to my kids, it does give me a little bit of anxiety. It's like, well, nerve wracking. Where's 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 your grown up? Where's where's, where's your adult? <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's 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 just go in heavy with the psychoanalysis right off the bat. What do you say? Okay, um, yeah, I- sure. So let's start let's start with uh, Carl, and we've talked about this before, but Carl is the parents leave a the whole premise of all the Carl books is that the parents leave a, a Rottweiler in charge of the baby. And then the baby has all these crazy adventures, goes through shopping malls, goes to the park and then returns back to, you know, where, where the, the mom le- left the baby and the mom's like, Oh, just where I left you. But, but if only she knew, like, thank God that baby didn't drown in the aquarium or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think with a lot of these books, and I don't think Carl's an, an exception here no. is that it, you could, you could make the case that, one of the strongest mm, desires at, in present in just about all children is independence, yeah. right? You, you are very dependent. Um, I mean, literally you, you are dependent, especially when you're very young on your parents. Um, but you're also very confined and constrained as a kid. I mean, everyone in your life is telling you what to do and when to do it and how to do it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess if, if there are more children's books with the parents, they'd just be parents saying, don't climb up on that. Just don't, don't, don't climb. I, 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 did you not hear me say, don't climb up on that? <laughs> Stop <laughs> climbing on that. What were you thinking? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a kid, I wasn't. Uh, yeah. So I think that's one way to explain just why there are so many uh, books about unsupervised children is because intuitively good children's books authors realize that to kind of make it compelling for a kid they have to tap into something pretty universal and strong in the psyches of these little children which is yeah i want to be more independent i don't want to have all these like constraints and confinements and i i want to make my own rules and do my own stuff and go on adventures without um you know my nervous parents tagging hovering above me right so i don't know that 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 would be my like overarching explanation for why this is such a common um trope i guess yeah and and sometimes there's a reason so uh it's also a lot of times there's a parent that is has died which i mean that that seems to be every every disney movie Mm -hmm. right is is that there's like a there's a there's a there's a dead parent in there somewhere but like the or or that they're absent from some reason so in the, the chronicles of narnia they're sent away from london because it's being bombed um in the railway children which the railway children are called the railway children because all they do is play around the railroad, like in the railroad tunnel and stuff like that. And so, sure, it's a lot of fun, but how horrifying is that? <laughs> yeah, like we don't um, we don't want to be confined to the playroom, so we've made like the, the railway trestle <laughs> our, our new play, playscape. Um, What's the railway? I don't. You don't know like, the rail? Oh my gosh! It's not the boxcar children, is it? No, 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 no. An- another oh. book about okay. kids. Like- <laughs> 
<laughs> no, so Edith Nesbitt is maybe the, she was a big, I feel like before C.S. Lewis and came along, she was kind of the, a group of kids, siblings to stumble upon either a magical place or just kind of their adventures in general. So she did the five children in it was maybe her most favorite famous one, but um, she, in which they find this sort of sand fairy on the beach one day when they're unsupervised as that's per usual. And then their, their wishes go astray, but all, but her other really famous one is uh, the railway children. And so the, the children's father, I think is wrongfully imprisoned. And then, so they have to go away to this, town out in the country because they're on a reduced income and they uh, kind of form a relationship with the, especially with the people around this railroad depot and eventually set in motion, spoiler things that get their father for you. It's very, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's a great book. Hmm. Um, Noted. But uh, she has another book called the would be goods. And it's just a bunch of kids that are mostly unsupervised and they do things that even as a kid that, that chafed against maybe parental restraint. Like there's one scene in the would be goods where, I'd be like, what should we do? It's like, oh, let's just go buy a gun. And they're like, seven years old. So they're always building dams and flooding things. And so the idea is that they always have good intentions. So they would be good, but then they always end up getting into trouble. And so, um, but yeah, even Nesbitt's kids just not, there's not a strict eye on them. No, no is Lord of the Flies a children's book? <laughs> yeah, no, I think it is. I mean, well, I mean, it, uh, well, it's, it's a book about, I, I guess, I mean, I haven't, I have not yet read Lord of the Flies to my, <laughs> to my two and four. Depends whether you want to count uh, freshmen in high school as that's children right. or it. Probably, <laughs> probably. Seems like that's when everybody reads Lord of the Flies, right? But that's definitely a book about unsupervised children. And I think that begs the question, why, like, why aren't more, like, would more, if, if children's books were more realistic, would they end up more like Lord of the Flies where they all turn on each other or more like the Chronicles of Narnia, where they walk through a wardrobe and discover a magical kingdom where they become kings and queens. You know, so <laughs> I, though I guess even in the the Chronicles of Narnia, you know, there's it's not like they make good decisions. I mean, Edmund right. be- betrays, sells out his siblings for Turkish delight. So, I mean, that's you know, it's not really a stretch, though. I mean, I don't really know what Turkish delight is, but I'm pretty sure I would have sold out. You know what? I'm going to tell you that I part. so I've had it. Uh, I had it when I was when I was in Turkey. And I was devastated by how little oh. I, I, I liked it because it had been, it had been so <laughs> built up in my mind. I don't really like sweets in general. And so it is definitely a very sticky, sickly sweet. So uh, gotcha. it was not my, but I remember really being like, I, 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 I was so excited to get it. And it, it really, it was the, the first of many disillusionments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I guess you could look, if you look at sort of the, the grand like arc of children's books from like, Grimm's fairy tales all the way up to kind of present day contemporary books, you might sort of draw a line in in the middle and say that a lot of times there were stories of unsupervised children, but it was more of like a cautionary tale, like either, you know, for the children or like, there's all these dark, scary things out there and you need to pay attention and remember, you know, Little Red Riding Hood, like don't dwaddle on on your way to grandma's house or else, you know, uh, see what happens when you're, when you're not supervised. But then it seems like more contemporary children's books see it as the, the sort of foster, you know, it's only with independence that you can develop your own identity and be creative. And so they've sort of reframed it as a positive thing, whether that's sure. speaking. And, and I don't know that I almost get the sense that it's more, a lot of contemporary children's books are speaking more to parents and adults than they are to the kids, which is kind of an interesting, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but. Sure. Um, well, so yeah. So, so taking, taking two examples, uh, one is uh, journey 
in which the, the, the kids really want to play with a parent, but the parents, you know, they're busy and doing work or something like that. So that the kid is forced to fall back upon their own, the resources of their own imagination. And then much like the Chronicles of Narnia opens up a mysterious realm and it has this sort of magical adventure. And so that's, that is kind of a positive spin on like, well, not only can you like, like come up with an activity, you can come up with an entire creative universe if you, if you'd like to. And, and the kind of the freedom that gives that you're not, you're not just cooped up in a, you know, in a, in a rainy house or something like that. You're, you've, you can fall back on, you know, your own interior resources. And not that, uh, Hansel and, and, and Gretel aren't resourceful, but there's a big difference between like dad's trying to finish up this, you know, work assignment and, father and mother abandon you in like <laughs> witch riddled woods, you know, like with, without, without any food because they couldn't, because they couldn't, like they didn't have enough to feed you and they wanted to save and, and the very, food for themselves. Like so, in, a, in such a passive aggressive way too, you know, they could have just been straightforward and said, you know what, there's just not enough food. Sorry. Like you're out of here, but no, they have to claim, Oh yeah, we're going to go out and like work in the forest and gather wood and like, we'll be back just right. hang out and relax. And we'll be like, Oh man, brutal. Yeah. Definitely, definitely a different, uh, parent uh child uh <laughs> dynamic there um let's see what are but i also think there's i wonder too if there's just kind of an aesthetic thing where i think about this with um a lot of pixar movies i mean toy story is a great example but the the adults aren't really ever shown or they're it's just like you know like the mom's arm will show up every once in a right. while or something like that and i wonder if part of it too is just uh especially for kids you just got to keep the the focus narrow like you just have the main kind of character or characters and introducing too many other characters, including adults would be kind of distracting. Right. right. And so I feel like part of it is kind of a, a technical thing where you, you kind of keep a lot of the adults out of it because it's, it's just too much to kind of manage for the, the kids. And it's better to keep it kind of simple and focused. Yeah. And I will say that uh, one of the, the book that sort of straddles, uh, I guess, a, a, a actually straddles a fence in this regard is the pokey little puppy. Um, we talked about Glad before. you brought that up because yeah. I was going to, if you didn't. Well, yeah. Because, because the pokey little puppy, the, the mom, the, the mama dog is present, but she behaves if anything more irrationally than the, like the puppies in terms of like how she parents, like there's maybe it's like, sure. The parents like, absent in a lot of these things, but then at least you can't criticize like what, 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 what their parenting choices and how they, you know, reward their children with dessert or not like based on whether they're there. And the button, the puggle puppy, they, they escape. And then it's about how they come back under parental supervision. What, what were you going to bring up the puppy little puppy to talk about just besides yeah, that, well, well, unlike a lot of children's books where the, the parent is just absent, this one seems the the parental influence on the kids is more explicit. Like that's more obviously the topic of the of the story, but in a weird way because clearly, if if you listen to our episode on the Pokey Little Puppy, the real moral of that story is the Pokey Little Puppy is right two out of three that's times. Right comes out ahead right and so the moral is don't listen to your parents exactly but that's clearly not the stated, that's clear the stated intended well, moral of the maybe author i don't think may, i don't know but there's also like a there's a real threat in a lot of these things is like maybe parents don't know best like M matilda is like she and she ha is like cursed with sort of awful dullard parents right and and uh even in the cat in the hat 
like the mom coming back, there's this moment of, should we tell mom what we've been up to? Like, mm. because like it's the mom is kind of a, a, a fearful figure in the, the cat in the hat. And, I feel like that, that question even, still makes even, my kids nervous when I yeah. ask it at the end. <laughs> well, it makes me nervous for sure. And, and even like, you know, in, uh, I guess in, in, in where the wild things are, there's a, there's a sense of, of, like there's like a kind of a reconciliation between Max and his he does get supper right there at, at the end. And he does miss, he does miss home. He does miss his, his parents. So that he does want to return to that after having adventures with the wild things, he does want to return to that safe kind of parental space. Yeah. And that's the one that most to me, like most obviously is sort of signaling that th- this is about like s- sort of psychological needs in kids for independence. It's like symbolic of, they, they have this need to become increasingly independent of their parents, but because the whole thing is framed as this, like, is it a dream? Is it a, this the kind of magical thing because it comes back and the, the stuff's still hot. So it couldn't, he couldn't have actually been gone for a year. Um, it, it sort of hints at the idea that it's, yeah, the, the independence is more about um, helping kids like tap into this desire they have in a way where they can explore it safely um, via a book and kind of look at it and come to terms with it and not feel bad about it, but also not have it turn into like Lord of the Flies where they literally. <laughs> yeah, where it's like, yeah, where they can explore, but not like in, in a, a situation where they're like killing anybody. Or like, right, or getting run over by trains. Or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, check out our other content at 1001goodnights.com and help us out with a rating on your podcast platform of choice.